everyone. Welcome to my series, 51 Stories of Emotional Wellbeing with Emotional Ability Resources. Today for episode three, I have Anjali Saraugi for me, who epitomizes mind-body integration. She is the national record holder for 100-kilometer race, and she has held it twice. Further, for the Comrades Marathon, she is the India record holder. So without much ado, let's all welcome Anjali. Anjali, it's so lovely to have you here with us. Hi, Pragati. It's a pleasure for me being on this show. So tell me, Anjali, something that inspired you to look after your own mental health and your emotional well-being. How are you, the Anjali of Anjali today? So... Um, Actually, it's strange, but it's true. Running helps my mental health, and my mental health health is uh, helped by running. Uh, both are symbiotic because the more I run, the happier I feel, the stronger I feel, and I think I'm a better person because I run. I'm more tolerant and calm, and uh, and all of these qualities also aid my running. So. That is how it works for me. That's really fantastic. Tell me something about yourself from early childhood. You know, what were you like as a young child and how has that impacted you today? So as a young child, I was very driven. I uh, was kind of a geek. I loved to study. I'd spend long hours studying. I did very well in my studies and I had a lot of uh, desire to learn. The only thing that uh, I lacked was confidence. And I wanted to take part in sport, but because I was a bit heavy, I was a little fat, I never had the confidence because I think people would laugh at me. So in spite of having the drive, but not having the confidence, I could not really work towards my dreams, which uh, over time and working on my mental health has helped me. Now I don't feel fear. And uh, working on my mental health has helped me overcome the obstacles which I had created in my mind. So I feel our greatest fears lie always in our mind. That's so well put. Actually, you've touched on a very sensitive topic, you know, how we feel about our bodies. I know many, many people whom I see in therapy who feel that their body is not good enough. And for me, acceptance of who you are as a person begins with your body. Because let's face it, you only get this one body in this lifetime. It's not like you can change your body, you know. I mean, of course, you can work on it, perhaps give it a shape that you like or, you know, uh, things like that. But what I have seen is that seat of our reality is our current body. It's not a new body that you get at any time. So uh, I want you to tell me a little bit more if you have any personal story related to it that made you feel that, you know, there was something about your body which was fat or not as acceptable as you wanted it to be. I think it was more of peer pressure mm -hmm. because uh, back when I was growing up in the 70s and the 80s, uh, being thin was very important. Mm -hmm. And I love to eat. And uh, my, my mother and my father, my family never uh, stopped me from uh, eating, drinking what I wanted to. 
because uh, they didn't conform to, oh my God, you need to be so thin, you need to look in a certain way. Mm -hmm. But peer pressure, which I think is worse now with social media, at least we didn't have the curse of social media. Peer pressure kind of broke my confidence and drove me into a shell. And I used to think that, hey, hey I'm so fat. Uh, if I take part in a race, uh, people are going to laugh at me. So I prevented myself from doing what I wanted, not because I was scared that I would fail, but because I was afraid that people would laugh at me and people would bring me down, put me down. So to appease people in my mind, I didn't live the life I wanted to live. So uh, it just worked that way for me through my childhood years. And it actually went up till my adult years also till at the age of 40 or 41, my daughter convinced me that, uh, mom, if you want to run a race, you're running it for yourself, you're not running it for the world. So you should care a damn about what the world thinks, do what you want. And even if you don't finish the race, you walk out, you've done it for yourself. So there's no shame in that. But if you're not gonna go and try to live your dream, then you'll never do it. So don't think about the world, just think about yourself. I think that's so beautiful, you know, like we've often heard philosophers say that child is the father of man and keeping gender aside. I think this is just so beautiful. Sometimes as adults, you know, we hold ourselves back, but the younger generation is a lot more courageous than we give them credit for. Any particular person who has inspired you to take up running or build up your emotional ability resources? Uh I would have to give the credit entirely to my daughter for both because uh, she's a very strong person. She's very spiritual and she's, she's, she's a person who listens and uh, she guides me. Mm -hmm. So even though she is my daughter, I think she is my confidant and my greatest well-wisher. So it is her, of course. That's really very sweet, you know. And uh, tell me one person whom you rely on completely apart from your daughter it is my husband he's unconditionally there for me he is supportive he is understanding of course we have differences and little fights but uh, at the end of the day I do know that uh, he will do what he can for me to mentally uh, 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 strengthen me to empower me and to help me become the person I want to be Fantastic, fantastic. So, you know, one common thread that I hear in people who probably challenge their own personal boundaries is the support system that they create for themselves. So it's just nice that you have found it in the closest people in your primary relationships. That brings me to another facet of your own uh, being. Since I know you personally, I want you to tell me how is it that you first ran the comrade race? Uh, I read a book called Dare to Run, which is about this uh, uh, man who goes running all around the world and who is uh, basically a part of uh, the regular way of life where, you know, you are enjoying your life, you're working. And then he gets into running and then he runs the Comrades Marathon and he describes the marathon so vividly that it just draws me to it and I can feel the marathon beckoning me that you have to run it. It's like I built up a relationship with the marathon because the book is so mesmerizing that it just made me fall in love with the race. And uh, without thinking, without really 
planning that me living in Calcutta, how am I going to train for a race that's 89 kilometers over hills? I just signed up for it. But the mind is strong, right? So where there's a will, there's a way. So because I really wanted to do it, I found a way, which comes back to our uh, topic of mental strength that at the end of the day, it's all about your mental strength. Because if you're strong and if your mind believes, then anything is possible, then anything and everything is possible. So the entire running community in Calcutta thought that I could never run the comrades because of how brutal the race is and what kind of training it requires. And we lack the basic topography for that training, but I managed. So how did you it's manage? all in the mind. How did you manage? Uh, uh, well, uh, since we don't have mountains and hills here, I ran upstairs. I did a lot of gym workout to simulate the fatigue that I would feel on the hills. And I did a lot of running. So there's not much to it. And there are always substitutes. Of course, it's a longer route, but it takes you to the destination. So if you really want to do something uh, within reasonable limits, it is possible. I think that's just so beautifully expressed because, you know, we always think that emotional well-being is something that happens once in a lifetime. But like you've rightly demonstrated, it's the little things that you do on a daily basis, the hard work and the meaning and passion that comes in your regular day, which is what makes you feel as though you have the emotional ability resources to build yourself up. And uh, for me, what I have seen is, you know, when I talk to uh, my clients or in my speaking sessions, whoever thinks of passion and also dedication and skill, that is, there is very little that you can't do if you have all these three together. Now, uh, has there been any challenge or any failure which in retrospect you feel has made you grow and be who you are? Uh, well, in terms of my running, there have been many setbacks. Mm -hmm. I would not call them failures because uh, a failure is when I consider myself that I have lost. But I never think that way because uh, why should I? I have lost if someone else thinks that I have lost. But I have not lost because I have lost. I have lost because maybe, uh, no, I'm sorry. I've never lost. A setback is not a loss because it's not a game. Uh, today, uh, today if, if I get hurt, if I'm injured, it's a setback for me. So uh, yes, I, I have had, uh, I, uh, had a, a stress fracture in my quadricep. I had a stress fracture in my uh, calf. I had a stress, stress fracture in my hip. And uh, I could not train because of that. I, I could not uh, train to, to the levels that I wanted to. And um, uh, I, I, I've been on a wheelchair as well a couple of years ago, but uh, those have just made me stronger because when you know that you have a goal and you're unable to act towards it or work towards it because of uh, circumstantial uh, obstacles, uh, you're waiting to get back to the process that will help you realize your dream and your goals. So it just makes you stronger. So whilst I was uh, uh, not able to run because I was on a wheelchair because of my stress fractures, I was doing other activities to strengthen my bones and to maintain my stamina. And all of that just instills more patience into me. And uh, if I'm more patient, then I can work better. 
And when I get back to my training, I'm going to train even harder because I have that superpower called patience. And uh, when uh, you can work uh, uh, keeping time in perspective and not expecting uh, magical results for your efforts, then uh, you work in a more systematic and stronger way. So the results have to be better. So in hindsight, I'd say my setbacks uh, have only made me stronger. And there are no uh, failures in life. There are only learnings. And I don't compete with others. So where do I fail? Maybe I don't reach my goal, but that doesn't mean I have, I have failed. I think I love this. You know, you have used the emotional ability resource of the attitude of patience. And I've often seen that patience as a value a lot of people feel it's not of much use, but uh, like you've aptly demonstrated, you know, it's these quiet and silent attitudes and values, sometimes which are our biggest resource. And we tend to take them for granted or not even apply it in our life, you know, like I'm sure like for a runner to go on a wheelchair would have not been an easy uh, mind frame to be in, you know, because you are always doubting yourself, you whether I will get back or whether I will ever be able to do what I was doing. So literally having the perseverance, the confidence that I have decided that I am going to get better. I think this talks of transcending and building up character strengths, you know, or really understanding that emotional well-being is in my own hands. Coming to your personal story, has there been some kind of a regret that you have in your personal zone that uh, when you look back, None, because I feel regrets are a waste of time and they're a distraction and they take away from your present. What is the point in looking backwards? Mm -hmm. uh, we are moving ahead. Mm -hmm. uh, there have been a lot of learnings, uh, little things that I could have done in a better way because I see that the results are uh, uh, more conducive mm -hmm. to a better life. But I can only say that because I have made the mistakes. Mm -hmm. Had I made no mistakes, I would not be what I am. So I feel if I want to grow, making mistakes is just a part of the journey, but no regrets. So I like that, you know, like mistakes are the stepping stones to future. Uh, this is a very good attitude to have towards life. So is there any story of inspiration or any person who really, really inspires you, apart from someone in the running community? Uh, yes, my father, because uh, ever since my childhood, my father has instilled in me that there are no shortcuts in life. You can't take an elevator to success. You have to climb the ladder, starting from the bottom step. And if you take too wide a jump, you're going to fall. So uh, where it comes to hard work, honesty, mm -hmm. sincerity, perseverance, and patience. He, he, he is uh, the person I look up to, and he is the one who has basically instilled the seeds in me, which I could use uh, in my running, and they have blossomed with my running. And because I have those qualities, or I try to uh, imbibe those qualities, I can run better. So I think... Uh, what uh, what my father has taught me, my mental health and ability resources and running are like a little cycle which go round and round and which propel me forward. I think that's very well put, you know, because 
a lot of times our childhood does define who we are today and kind of sets the roadmap. And to really pick up certain qualities that have worked for us is one skill I feel that always helps us in achieving emotional well-being. Now, one uh, last question I want to ask. You have run the Boston Marathon, which is supposed to be very, very difficult. Uh, why don't you tell us something about it? <laughs> the only thing I remember is a lot of pain because I had a mild hamstring pull and uh, I had trained for it, but I could not train very well for it because uh, of that, uh, because of, because the previous year I was in a wheelchair. So I'd lost three months of precious training for the Boston Marathon. But uh, anyway, all's well that ends well. My best marathon time so far, I've run 10 or 12 or 13 marathons, I've lost count, has been the Boston Marathon. It is an iconic race. It is a wonderful race because uh, you just feel so, um, so thrilled when you're standing at the start line there. The course is very narrow. We just all squashed in. But running on those streets on that day, on Patriots Day, on 18th of April, is a privilege. And I feel very blessed that I have been able to take part in it. And uh, they have this uh, uh, hill which comes in the latter half of the race. It's called the Heartbreak Hill because it comes at a stage where your legs are very tired. And then you have to go uphill and then downhill again. And then it's all flat and down till you reach Boylston Street uh, at the finish line. So all the books I had read was, uh, don't do this if you don't want to be walking on Heartbreak Hill. Mm -hmm. Because most runners make the mistake of running too fast on the smaller hills. Mm -hmm. So they are spent when they come to Heartbreak Hill. Mm -hmm. I decided I'm not going to make the mistake, but I made the mistake and I was walking on Heartbreak Hill. But, uh, well, I enjoyed the race a lot. I don't think anybody will ever forget their moments in, on the Boston Marathon course. Fantastic. So if you had one word to describe Anjali, what would that be? A passionate. <laughs> I'm a very passionate person about uh, what I love and what I believe in. So I love to run. Uh, I'm very passionate about it. I love to drink beer. I'm very passionate about it. I love my friends. I'm very passionate about them. I love to read. I'm passionate about books. So we have passionate Anjali here today. And it's been an absolute pleasure to have you here with us today. So any last minute tip that you want to leave our viewers with? Uh, yes, uh, what I could share is uh, never give up on something that you want or you believe in because nobody can deny you what you want unless you give up. So it's not over till you feel it's over. At times we think that uh, the game is over, but it's not unless you feel it, unless uh, your heart tells you that you don't want to try anymore till you lose your passion for it. It is never over. It's all about passion. In life, whatever we want, our dreams, our goals, uh, they are goals and dreams only because they are uh, filled with passion. If they were not, then they would not be a dream or a goal. Mm -hmm. And don't give up on your dream if you, uh, if you still feel that you want it. Let the world not dictate to you that it's over. Let your heart tell you. 
So my heart will never tell me that it's over for me. So I'll keep running. I think that's so beautiful and happy running to you, Anjali. And thank you so much for being here with us. I'm sure all our viewers have really enjoyed it. And it was a pleasure listening to you. Thank you, Pragati. And see you. Bye. Bye.